Good morning. On this Saturday morning, we want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been doing a comparison of the Feast of Weeks and the Day of Pentecost. We've been comparing the giving of the law in the Old Testament, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the covenant that God made in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel, the covenant that God made through Jesus, the church in the Old Testament, the church in the New Testament, the priesthood in the Old Testament, the priesthood in the New Testament, the high priest in the Old Testament, the high priest in the New Testament. So you can see the importance of the Passover. It initiated the beginning of making it possible for man who in his sinful state could be born again, his sins remitted, forgiven, and then he be declared righteous before God to the Feast of First Fruits, uh, unleavened bread, then Feast of First Fruits, and then of course uh, all the way to the day of Pentecost. We left off yesterday. We had finished about 10 different points. want to talk about another one today as we continue on our comparison. And this one is the law brought death whereas the giving of the Spirit brought forth life. According to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stone, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly and behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was done away with. And it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed on to all men, for all men have sinned. Verse uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 13, For the law, <clears throat> for until the law, sin was in the world. In other words, before the covenant was given to the nation of Israel, death already existed. It had nothing to do with the law. It was before the law because of sin. But the scripture says, because of that, by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Verse 13, for until the law sin was in the world, but it was not imputed. In other words, it wasn't counted against you because there was no law. But when Christ came and the giving of the Holy Spirit and the work that he accomplished at Calvary, all that is available to a believer today, to any individual that turns to Christ, all of this is available, made available to them. In Romans 8, 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ versus the law of death, the law of sin. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. When death does take grip of this physical body or of any individual, that body then, of course, is either cremated or buried or whatever they do to it. But death continues. But on the day that the rapture hits, on that day, death will have no hold on the grave. Every individual in Christ that has died, 
will be raptured up and given a new body instantly. So Christ brought forth life. The Holy Spirit brings forth life. That's why it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ versus the law of sin and death. Now, one made us guilty. The other one makes us free from condemnation. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, in other words, that which was ministered, it still brought condemnation because you could not cleanse and purify the conscience. There was always remembrance of past sins. If it was glorious, if it was a wonderful, tremendous thing because of the shadows and the types and, and the power of God and things that would be done, how much more then does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory? In other words, if when they ministered the law and though it brought condemnation, there was glory involved in that, God would descend upon the tabernacle, uh, the glory of God that was on Mount Sinai, uh, God's power manifested in delivering Israel. The miracles that were demonstrated while they were in the wilderness. That was all glorious. But if that was glorious and it was something that condemned us, how much more than does the ministry of righteousness now exceeding glory? What does it mean, the ministry of righteousness? When you preach the gospel message of Christ and His grace, Righteousness is imputed. That means it is counted towards the life of the individual who is saved. God counts it as righteousness unto his life because of the righteousness of Christ. He became sin for us that we might become his righteousness. So when God sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. Not your righteousness, but his righteousness. He sees his blood and his life upon you. So that type of ministry, ministering to people, yes, we, we, we have people that will say, hey, you're a no good, dirty, rotten sinner, and you know, you're destined for hell and this and that. They know that. They know that the, their life does not meet uh, the expectations. But when people are taught and explained that in Christ Jesus, that rotten, no good, dirty, whatever we were, is wiped away. God totally cleans the slate, buries our sins, remembers them no more, doesn't bring them up, but instead he sees the righteousness of Christ in us, then that makes us approachable unto him. It's the ministering of this righteousness to people and the ministering of what Jesus did for us on the cross that makes people realize that they don't have to live at the level that they live below, but they can live at a level where they're raised up and lifted up by Christ to a place where they can access the presence of God in prayer, in worship, and even just coming into fellowship and communion with Him. That is a big difference uh, in comparison. In Romans in chapter 5, verse 21, it says, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus our Lord. That is an amazing scripture there. That sin has reigned unto death for ages. 
but it couldn't hold Christ in the grave. After three days, death had to let him go because of the righteousness of God and the act and the sacrifice which he performed. And then the scripture says, and even so might grace reign. In other words, God's, God's grace reigns through us because of righteousness. It reigns through us because of righteousness. His righteousness in our right standing before God and the things that we do, the things that we believe, done not only in His righteousness, but done in love, result in ministering the very gospel to the people that are in need. Now, just as the law made us guilty, and showed us how guilty our transgression was before us, before God. Jesus Christ came to make us free. Galatians chapter 5 verse 11. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again. That means that at one time, at one point. We were not only entangled, we were in complete bondage with the yoke of bondage. But the scripture says in John chapter 8 verse 32, You shall know the truth, and truth is Jesus. is not a thing, truth is a person. Truth is a living person. His name is Jesus. And the truth, Jesus, shall make you free. John 8, 36, And if the Son therefore make you free, you shall be free indeed. That is the difference. Freedom from guilt, freedom from condemnation, freedom from rejection, freedom from fear, freedom from abandonment, freedom from all these things that bind and hold the life of a godless individual before Christ. We are made free. The chains and the bonds and the yoke is completely broken. And how is that made possible? According to the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 27, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Applying the work of Christ to our hearts, to our minds, to our spirit. He awakens our dead spirit and makes it alive that we can know God. He imparts the gift of faith so that we can believe and trust and adhere and adhold to Him. He imparts into us the gift of eternal life. He imparts into us the gift of Him, His very self. All of these things are made possible because of what was accomplished on the cross. Jesus dying for us and being buried and resurrected opened up the floodgates of heaven for freedom to truly reign in the life of a believer. If you can consider that truly something to rejoice about, then rejoice and be glad that He has made you and me free. Free Free, free from the very taskmaster himself, Satan, and all the bondages in which he held us, we have been freed. The scripture says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, 
just as the Old Testament law was a shadow of something good, the reality that was going to come, the scripture says he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way and he nailed it to his cross. In Colossians 2.15 it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. In verse 16 it says, Therefore let no man judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of holy day or new moons or Sabbath days. It says, which are a shadow, verse 17, of things to come. But the body is of Christ. These things were all shadows. And the reality of all of this is in Hebrews 10, 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. See, they were waiting for this to come. We are living in what has come. And every individual that comes to Christ comes to what has now been given to us as a reality. And not the very image of the thing, though can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comer thereunto perfect. We couldn't be made perfect by that, but by the reality of Christ on the cross, not a not not a physical lamb, an animal, but the person of Christ, not the blood of a lamb, but the blood of Christ, the reality of that. Not that the lamb died, but that Christ died. See, the shadow of, and Christ is the reality of those things. So when you compare the law and you compare the work of the Holy Spirit, when you compare the ministry of and that belong to the law and the ministry that belongs to and of the Holy Spirit, there is such a contrast even though they run parallel one to another. I hope you can rejoice as I am rejoicing right now. And, And be glad. That Christ has made you free. And whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Consider that a point of thought and meditation. To be able to thank God and to be able to look up and say, My redemption draweth nigh. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen and amen. Till we meet again on Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen.